Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome to the 12thManRising.com podcast with myself, Lee, and as always, Kevin Daggett is with me. Kevin, how are you? I'm doing good. How about you? Doing great. And we are produced and engineered by the great Rob Still of Coil Entertainment. So, Seahawks had a bye week last week. That means you and I also had kind of a bye week. We, uh, you know, didn't have to watch TV or watch football games, but we probably both did. So, what'd you do in your bye week? I watched some games. I got the Sunday ticket, watched some games, but I tell you what, it is nice to sit back and not really have to worry about things on <laughs> when your team when your team's not playing it's it's just uh you can kind of sit back and relax a little bit and not get anxious about things yeah it's almost who we're pulling against instead of pulling for on and by weeks or certain teams like the patriots that i don't really want to see win even though i you know thought they thought they'd win i mean they've turned a corner but you know and the, and the cardinals and 49ers played each other and it was like eh both those teams stink. And at this point, you know, really this the Seahawks are not playing against the Rams as far as trying to get to the playoffs. They're playing against the, the rest of the field in the NFC because they're not going to win their division. So they're hoping to get in with a, uh, you know, a wild card, um, which they can do. They're three and three. They play a three and three Detroit team this coming Sunday in Detroit. And Detroit is favored by three points. But this is a game that Seattle could easily win. Uh, Detroit's run defense is not very good. And, and the Seahawks, even though Od, Odds Shark, who uh, Fansided likes to use for, um, who they use for betting numbers, I guess, lack of a better way of saying that. In their write-up, Odds Shark said, you know, the Seattle running game is inconsistent and has limitations. And therefore, they think that uh, that running game will hold Seattle back from winning the game on Sunday. And I'm thinking, has Odds Shark, watch the Seahawks play this season because that's there's a lot of reasons Seattle may not win on Sunday but the running game is not one of them is it no I don't that's I don't think so and, and they've like we talked about last week I mean the first couple games of the season seem to be just uh you know let's let's fill this thing out and see what's going on and now they seem to have clicked a little bit and the running game hasn't been a problem the last few games so um Maybe they maybe that was report came out a few weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, maybe I, that could be it. I mean, it could be they they do put the thing about like you know how they're playing against the line and things like that. And Detroit is five and one against covering the last six weeks for whatever that's worth. But I thought the run thing was in the last three weeks Seattle is second in the NFL behind only the Rams and rushing offense. So you know they've they've turned a corner there. They basically forget those first two weeks as we talked about last week. The last four weeks, uh, four games at least, is really what Seattle was supposed to be this season and have gotten to do it, and they've been really successful doing it. And I think they really look good. Again, they, you could winning on the road is difficult. Again, you know, going into Detroit, they're not a great team, but they're not a bad team. Uh, Seattle could easily lose, but I don't think it's because of a lack of a rushing game. That, that seems silly. It could be that you know Seattle's secondary is still young enough, and Matthew Stafford is able to take advantage of with Golden Tate and the weapons he has. Uh, offensively that they are able to control the clock instead of Seattle controlling the clock and therefore they win. But it's an early game, 10 a.m. 
Pacific time. Of course, the Seahawks should be extremely rested after not playing on Sunday. Um, of course, Seattle under Pete Carroll has not done great um, uh, in 10 a.m. games, but this it's not really an East Coast game, so the travel isn't as far. But do you think that time difference, uh, instead of a, a 1 p.m., it's 10 a.m. Pacific time, do you think that's going to affect Seattle at all? I, I think... <sighs> I think it always has some effect. I don't know how big the effect is. Um, it is kind of weird. I mean, it's not a it's not a, a West Coast game. It's a Midwest game. So I don't. I mean, I don't know why they. I guess they have to play. You know, somebody has to play early. Um, is that that three point spread? That's probably just a home field advantage, isn't it? I mean, yeah, I think most teams get three points to you know given three points. So say the Patriots play, you know, the leave owl losers. I think that I would get if I was at home, I'd get three points. So the Patriots would be favored to win like fifty-eight to three. Well, only fifty-eight. That's not bad. Anyway, but fifty-eight yeah, to unless, three because I would get three points. Unless you're the Raiders, you might not get that home field advantage, but home yeah. field score. But, well, yeah, I, I don't. I don't know. I mean, three though. It's like you know, if you're favored by, if you're if you are favored to lose at home by seven, you're they really think you're going to lose by ten. So I think that's kind of right. how it works. Yeah. But yeah, that time that time's always a factor. I mean, it's a you know it's it's a deal. But um, I think when you like you said, they're rested up. They're professional athletes. Um, you know, I guess they'll probably get to town and get on the you know a couple of days early and try to get squared away. But I, I I think it's always a little bit of a factor. So the time. Yeah. So looking at the standings right now for the NFC, um, if the season were to end today. Uh, the teams that would make the playoffs would be the Rams, Saints, Redskins, which is weird. Who had that? Uh, Vikings, Panthers, and and Packers. But the uh, Redskins are four and two. Vikings are four and two. The Panthers are four and two. Packers are three, two, and one. Actually, the Vikings are four, two, and one. So in the loss column, really, Seattle's only half a game behind the Vikings and the Packers, who of course are in the same division and will have to play each other again. And then Seattle, of course, plays the Vikings and Packers later in the year. So they have every, you know, they can kind of control their own destiny as far as getting to the to the uh, playoffs. And the Seahawks are the odd man out. They're they're the seventh seed, if you will. Um, currently, they have they uh, win the tiebreak over Tampa Bay based on best win percentage. And again, we're only six games in, so or for the Seahawks, seven weeks for the NFL season. And these things are going to work themselves out. But um, currently. You know, Seattle's in a lot better position, especially starting off 0-2, than I think a lot of people thought they were going to be, right? They're definitely better than I thought they were going to be after those first two games. And, you know, and we, we play a couple of those teams, like you said, the Packers and the, and the you know, the Vikes. So we'll we'll see. Um, you know, the, the Packers seem to always be able to pull, up, pull out a win. I guess it's Aaron Rodgers more than anything. Um, you know, the Vikings, I'm not totally convinced that, that they're uh, they're one of the top teams in the NFC, but um, yeah, we got it. We got a chance. You know, you're right. We are not playing for the NFC West, which is kind of weird. I mean, we're six games into the season, and everybody's pretty much conceded that to the Rams. I think <laughs> I think everybody conceded that uh, this summer, but <laughs> right, right. I mean, it's well, a, it's a foregone conclusion unless you know there's a something serious happens injury wise, but. I don't think yeah. that's going to happen. If if Seattle were to lose um, this week, they'd be three and four, still entrenched in second place. Um, 
and they'd be four games behind the Rams if the Rams win. That's crazy when you think about it. Um, yeah, the Rams are the only unbeaten team in, in the NFL, and they, they look really good. Kansas City has one loss, but they lost to the Patriots. Patriots have two losses. Steelers have two, only two losses, 3-2-1, two, and one, which is weird because it seems like they haven't been very good. And the Texans have won four straight, so they're 4-3. and three. And then the Chargers are 5-2, and two, and, of course, the Seahawks play them as well. So the, yeah. the Seahawks have a bunch of teams. Of course, they get the Chargers at home. They play the Lions. They play the uh, Packers. Nope. They play the Packers, Vikings at home, Chargers at home. They play the Panthers, and they play um, the Lions, of course, uh, on the road. So, you know, three of those five games right there that could make a difference between making the playoffs and not, at least the majority of them are at home. And, of course, Seattle finishes with a whole bunch of games at home. Um, Really, I think, what, five out of their last six or something like that. So they're they're in decent shape. So you know, talking about a little bit about next year, just because there's no bye week or there is a bye week this past Sunday, so um, gives us some freedom to kind of look ahead. But you know, we talked to contracts last week with Frank Clark. But you know, after this season, um, they're still going to have their quarterback Russell Wilson still there. He's signed through next year, and we'll see what happens. Uh, at far as far as running back, Mike Davis is an unrestricted free agent, and if a team is smart, they're going to offer him enough money where he leaves Seattle. I hope he stays, but I mean, I think that's a no brainer. Um, Chris Carson, of course, is signed through 2020 because he's got a seventh round rookie contract. He's playing out and Rashad Penny is there through 2021. Um, some of the other, you know, CJ pro size who really should be released. Probably may, he may even be released if JD McKissick comes back because pro size can't stay healthy is signed through next year as well. And then uh, receiver pretty much set through 2022. They've got Doug Baldwin, Tyler Lockett's through 2021, um, Jaron Brown is, is through 2019. I guess the issue really starts to come to play on, on the defensive side because after this year, um, the great Deion Jordan, who, who can play every game, every snap, is a free agent. Would you, would you, would you try to sign? And Jordan's making $1.9 million. Would you spend any ounce of energy trying to re-sign this guy? No, I wouldn't either. I'm, and I want to point something out. This this has been a thorn in my side since they cut him. But, you know, the Seahawks never gave, in my opinion, and it's a not much of an opinion, doesn't hold any weight, but I don't. they never gave Alex Collins a drink of water in, on that team. They never gave him a shot. And he goes to Baltimore and he's the starting running back out in Baltimore and, and playing real well. And that, yeah, that's real irritating to me because they, they went through a bunch of running backs to get to what they got now. But, um, yeah, I think they really, there's a, there's obviously a bunch of draft picks they screwed up on, but, but, uh, since 2000, since after that 2012 draft, but, you know, I, I liked Alex Collins. I liked him in college. He was a tough running back playing in a real tough, tough conference. And, uh, yeah, I don't think they gave him him a shot, but yeah, there's good, there's a lot of question marks to, at the end of the year, and you know they've they've wasted a lot of money um, on some of these these uh, draft picks and these guys that are no longer with the team, you know, um, and they didn't sign a lot. I, don't, I think they should have signed Sheldon, re-signed Sheldon Richardson. Um, you know, I'm not sure what happened there, but yeah, it's going to be it'll be interesting to see. Um, what happens at the end of the year. I mean, obviously Thomas is going to be gone, but um, I think that the defensive, the defensive backfield's pretty, I mean, we're pretty good there. Aren't we? I mean, that this, as far as contracts goes, they're all, they're all young guys. 
Yeah, uh, well, yeah, I mean, they're, they're going to have to pay for Cam Chancellor, so it's going to hurt their cap space, but they're paying for him unless they negotiate some kind of buyout for through 2020. Um, and, and just for the record, uh, Kevin did go to the University of Arkansas. So. Um, but no, I'm just kidding. He didn't. He didn't. That's a joke. I um, just like that guy, man. I, I don't know why. Just You know, you get some players that you like, and it's like, man, I was, hate to see him go, but... Um, yeah. No, no, I agree. I had the same thing with really with Tom Tom Johnson. I mean, they let him go after week one. I'm like, well, why? You know, they could have still had him. It doesn't yeah. doesn't make any sense. Um, yeah. But yeah, talking about the secondary, of course, Thomas won't he he won't be coming back. And and they've played really well without him. And Tedrick Thompson actually looks like he, maybe he's not a real Thomas, but he's playing really well. And he's signed through 2020. So so is Shaquille Griffin and Bradley McDougald. So you know they're they're pretty much set. Trey Flowers, of course, who's playing better each week it seems like it's going to be signed through 2021 so secondary should be set it's just you know the the pass rush if they if frank clark were to go down for instance i mean they're they're doomed and they have to resign him i think because they don't have any answers to get another pass rusher um rasheem green who they have hopes for hasn't really been able to be on the field long enough this season to do much he's signed through 2021 um, Quentin Jefferson, who's eh, he's played okay in spurts. He's a restricted free agent. Brandon Jackson, the same way, a restricted free agent. But and Malik D- McDowell, of course, your favorite Seahawk is. You know, <laughs> so, yeah, he's Where's still he? in. Well, I wonder what he is doing nowadays. Actually, that's kind of interesting. But um, and and Jaron uh, Reed. Of, I don't even want to say because I'm, <laughs> there's a lot of comments I can make about that. But I'll let it go. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. But. Um, uh, but Deion Jordan's contract is up after this year. So is Frank Clark, uh, Shamar Steven. I don't know how you feel about resigning him. Um, his contract is up. So along the defensive line, that's that's where a lot of issues come up. And K.J. Wright, of course, his contract is up. But Wright's a, a great player, but they've sustained success without him this season. I think the other linebackers who have been filling in have done a really good job. Um, you know, Austin Calitro has played really, really well. Um, and that so it'll be interesting to see how Wright not fits in because he is the starting linebacker of course next to Bobby Wagner but it'll be interesting to see if he makes a difference this Sunday like oh KJ Wright's back I can clearly see you know a, a difference between him and the other players so it'll be interesting to see what happens but yeah I mean the secondary set running back set uh, quarterback is set at least through 2019 and then we'll have to see what happens with all the money involved and the receivers are set so you know and even offensive line i mean brown signed through 2021 brit if you hopefully stays healthy and can play through that contract brit signed through 2020 uh jermaine Fetty, who's you know how much have we talked about jermaine Fetty this year not really at hey, all i'm gonna i'm just gonna i'm just gonna keep my mouth shut let that one go and <laughs> keep doing what you're doing bro exactly yeah <laughs> wayne I mean, brown Keep him under your wing, man, and keep him yes. tight in there. Let's go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> keep Mike Solaria's offensive line coach because clearly he's a lot better than Tom Cable ever was. Yeah. I mean, the big questions are J.R. Sweezy and D.J. Fluker. To me, they need to be talking to Fluker's agent now to try to yeah. get him extended. That um, guy, he that guy is a beast. I mean, yes. yeah, monster. I like. I liked his comments after the Rams game where in Domicon Sue and he, he said, yeah, I was taking that guy to water, which is, it's a very Southern phrase. I know what it, in football it means you're supposed to block your guy off the line and you take him over to where the water coolers are. But people in the South yeah. say taking him to water. That's a very Southern, and he played at Alabama. He's a Southern guy. But, and, and it was funny because um, 
or Ray Roberts was on 710 ESPN Seattle. Um, and they're, you know, they're talking about DJ Fluker taking Sue to water during the Rams game. Um, and Ray Roberts was like, I saw the film. He was taking him to the dance. He was taking him to the store. He was taking him wherever he wanted to take him, <laughs> and it, it, which is exactly what he was doing. I mean, Fluker was a beast that game. And, and really, overall, I mean, he has made a humongous difference. He's not the only guy, but he, weeks one and two, he wasn't there. Since he's come back, they've been able to run the ball. I mean, he hasn't been a all a pro bowl player his entire career. He's not that old, but he's been with three different teams. As Seahawks are his third team. This is a guy who needs to be. I mean, he's twenty seven. Offensive lineman, if they stay healthy, can play years. He, this is a guy Seattle needs to keep under contract, as far as I'm concerned. Yep, yep, I would agree. Sweezy's still kind of a question mark, but I mean, he's a good, he's a good, uh, um, he's a good lineman. It's fans playing a little bit. I mean, he seems to be yeah. coming in and reporting as a receiver. But hey, I'm still waiting for him to throw him. They threw Tyrone Swoops the ball, but they should throw <laughs> George Fant the ball too. <laughs> I bet they will sooner or later. They have to. Yeah, I mean, it's just too. Maybe it's too obvious. If it's obvious to us, probably obvious to the other team too. But yeah. I mean, they, at some point, I don't even know if he can catch. I know he used to be a tight end, but I don't know how much he actually caught the ball. But so, uh, I clearly, Seattle has a game coming up uh, this Sunday, a big game, 10 a.m. Pacific time game against the Lions. The Lions are averaging 31 minutes of ball control a game. Uh, Seattle is uh, 28, but they've uh, gotten a lot better over the last four four weeks as well. Um, Seattle, Detroit is 30th, I think, in rush defense. And, uh, of course, again, we've talked about Seattle being second the last three weeks uh, in rushing offense in the NFL. Again, I mean, it goes back to, and this is no secret, but Seattle needs to run the ball to win, right? Yeah, they have to. That's, I mean, that's the kind of team they are. They're, they're just set up that way. They always they kind of have been over the last few years. And, you know, they got some receiving weapons, but, you know, I mean, I mean, Russell Wilson's a good passing quarterback, and, you know, the receivers are pretty good. But, yeah, you gotta you got to establish a run game before you can before you can uh, make the pass game successful, yeah. Yeah, and, and, you know, it really almost goes back to what, the end of 2015, that second half of the season where Russell threw 24 touchdown passes and one interception. It was almost to the detriment of him and the team that he was so incredible, and he's still a great quarterback, but that he was so incredible that second half because it was almost like John Schneider was thinking, this could be our future. Mm-hmm. But it's it, that's not really how it should have ever been. And, and you know... 2016, 2017, I mean, man, they made some, as you pointed out already, some really bad decisions Yeah. as far as personnel. And Russell still, I mean, what he did last year when it was all him was phenomenal. I mean, you can't ask a quarterback to stay healthy, stay upright, lead the league in touchdown passes when you absolutely know as opposing defense that he's got to throw the ball. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, so no, no offense to Russell Wilson, but, you know, his contract is coming up in 2020. It'll be interesting to see he's going to be north of thirty million. You know, whoever signs yeah. him, yeah, that's just how that's it is. That's a good. That's a good point. Whoever signs him. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you know, he he should be in Seattle. I mean, he's he's the quarterback, and he's he's done a great job. And we don't, you know, we haven't really talked about this, but it's kind of funny. Russell Wilson, he seems like a nice guy. I don't know him, but he seems like a very nice person. Um, but his teammates don't seem to necessarily rally around him. As a leader, whereas maybe they rallied around Marshawn Lynch, for instance. 
or I mean, they don't even they didn't even do it with Earl Thomas. Really, Cam was the leader of the defense. It wasn't Earl Thomas. Yeah. Um, and maybe it's you know Doug to some degree, Doug Baldwin to some degree on the offense. But do you think there's any chance that maybe the personnel on the Seahawks team? I'm not saying they dislike Russell Wilson, but they don't seem to gravitate towards him as this charismatic leader. You think well, that would have any play in the Seattle re-signing him? It might. I, I think the. I think the management sees him as a leader, but the interesting thing that the, the two guys that you mentioned, they're pretty quiet guys. Marshawn Lynch, he didn't say much. I'm just here so I don't <laughs> get fined. I mean, and then Cam Chancellor, he wasn't the real boisterous guy, but Thomas is. Um, you know, Russell Wilson—he's a nice guy. I, I, he's a good—he's a good quarterback. He's a great athlete. He's a good leader. Um, you know, I think he's gotten involved a little more with the off-field stuff. Um, you know, part of it because of who his wife is, um, but you know, just some some uh, glitz and glamour stuff. And I don't know, maybe maybe some of his teammates don't like that. But um, yeah, we'll see. I, that might play a factor in it. But I do think, from a management standpoint, they see him as the as the leader of the offense. I mean, he's the captain, so yeah, but. yeah, that's true. They 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 vote the captains. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Doug Baldwin had this story. I think it was before the Raiders game. Of course, Marshawn Lynch is on IR. He probably will never play football again. Um, he's probably played his last. He's an old, aging running back and probably will never play again, which is interesting that he would have played his last game against Seattle. But anyway, Doug Baldwin had this story when he, well, they said, hey, what did you think about Marshawn Lynch as a teammate? And Doug Baldwin was like, he was a, he was a great teammate. I said, he, there was a wide receiver, and you may have heard this story, a wide receiver who went up to Marshawn, a young wide receiver, rookie wide receiver, went up to Marshawn Lynch because Marshawn Lynch had this backpack on and uh, the wide receiver was like, um, you know, that that's an awesome backpack. And Marshawn Lynch was like, oh, man, you can have it and took it off and gave it to the receiver, which, you know, just because, hey, you're my teammate. You like it. Yeah. You can have it. And I think I can't remember who was at, talking to Doug Baldwin about this, but they were like, well, who was that receiver? And Doug Baldwin was like, it was me. So, um, so I, I think that that, you know, what we didn't see Marshawn Lynch talk a lot outwardly, obviously. Um, what he did say, I think Seahawks fans loved because it was funny. You know, he's a funny yeah. guy. Um, and he was, he was good in the community. He was a good guy. I, I mean, Marshawn Lynch was not any kind of troublemaker, but, um, I think maybe what happened in the, what went on in the locker room the players had a lot more affinity for Lynch than we would have ever seen because of how he treated his teammates, which is all all you can really ask. So, well, I think Golden Golden Tate would probably still be with the Seahawks if there wasn't locker room stuff going on. I mean, there's you know all kinds of stories behind that, but I mean, Marshawn Lynch is just a humble guy. He goes, he gets to the end zone. I'll shake your hand. You know, thanks for <laughs> I scored a touchdown. I'll shake your hand, but that's as far as I'm going to go. You know, and. Right. That's just the kind of guy he is, but he does he does do a lot of a lot of community stuff that I think people don't know about. But yeah, you know. and let's not forget Percy Harvin, phenomenal teammate. Um, no, I'm just joking. Yep, <laughs> number one. <laughs> That's right. Loved, beloved by every team he's ever played for, which is why he doesn't play anymore. Um, so. <laughs> Him and Ocho Cinco. <laughs> yeah, exactly. At least Cinco had. Um, he would he would play through. Payne, hey, you know what? And now that we we talk about Cinco playing and and Percy Harvin really missing, I mean, what did he do that Super Bowl season? He ran the kickoff back and then Super yeah, Bowl. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> but do you in feel, a forty two in a forty two point game? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I, it was funny because I, I was watching the game 
and uh, a friend over, and it was halftime, and what was it? Half halftime. I should know this. So it was a twenty twenty to nothing. I mean, it felt like it was forty two to nothing or something. And he was like, "Oh, if the Seahawks score early, I'll probably just go ahead and take off." So they kick off, and Percy Harvin runs the kickoff back and starts second half. He was like, "Well, I guess I'll see you." <laughs> so I mean, it was that game was over literally from the first snap of the of the game. Um, but uh, but let me ask you this: just as far as you know, players see other players play through pain, and I think they get a lot of. Um, you know, they they see those players playing through pain, and they get a lot of appreciation, respect from that. And then other players don't, and it makes you wonder just about CJ Prosize, who's been a healthy scratch the last two weeks. If maybe in the locker room, other players are seeing him when he not being a healthy scratch, but just being injured and then not playing. And you got to be thinking, well, this guy doesn't deserve to be on. And they they would never say that, but this guy doesn't deserve to be on the team because he needs to be able to learn to play through pain if he wants to be on the team. You think that that has anything? Do you, do you feel like Prosize just doesn't want to play through the pain? Maybe he doesn't really want to play, but he's he's getting a paycheck, and other players are more injured a lot of times than he is, and they're playing through it. Well, yeah, I, I would I would say that's possibly true. And I mean, they were talking about moving Prosize to a receiver, and I, I like that idea. I mean, he was a good receiver. He caught the ball well in college. It's like what do you, what is a healthy scratch anyway? I mean, what the hell is that? What, he's a team that doesn't want you playing. Exactly. So what, you know, we're not going to can't put you on the field because if you get hurt, we'll be stuck with you is might be one thing. And they don't want to be stuck with the guy. But I mean, you said it earlier. Should he be cut? Eh, you know, and I like the guy. I mean, I think he's a great athlete. He um, seems like a nice good, guy. Uh, seems like a nice guy. Does he have the heart to play the game? Uh, I don't know. I mean, you know, and you could say that about a lot of guys. You know, I guess I think um, well, they said that about uh, what's that guy um, Vanderbilt guy that played it played for the Bears. Um, oh, uh, Jay Cutler. Yeah, Jay Cutler. I mean, Jay Cutler got ripped all the time for you know having a hangnail or whatever, and you know his his uh, left pinky sore, so he doesn't want to play. It's like, does that guy have the heart to play in the game? But yeah, no, it's a good point. Maybe he doesn't, and I'll guarantee you that goes in through the locker room. <laughs> Yeah. Who knows if anybody says anything about it, but it's like, really, dude? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. I mean, and that makes me think, you know, when J.D. McKissick, who, of course, had been out for injury, um, who had the, still sounds weird to say, the Seahawks only rushing touchdown last year by a running back. Um, you know, when he comes back, he does a lot of the th- same things that, that pro size can do. Maybe, he, I don't know, somebody's got to be let go. you got to make room for him somehow. If, if you're not going to release him, and I, don't, I think it would be a mistake to release McKissick. He's not going to be yeah. first or second down back, but he's going to be able to flank out wide. He's going to be able to run the ball third down. I mean, he's if got you keep tons of speed. over McKissick, yeah, you're stupid. I mean, that's, that's, yeah. that's ridiculous. Because McKissick, I mean, hopefully this will never happen, but he could return punts or kicks too, you know, if, if Tyler Lockett were to be injured. Um, so, I mean, he is a versatility that maybe even ProSize doesn't have. So, anyway, that's that's our that's our show. Um, we think, uh, you know, I think we've, we've both written about it in 12th moon rising staff predictions that we think the Seahawks are going to win, which means they will now lose by 40. Um, <laughs> Todd Gurley will run for over 200 yards against them and he's not even going to play in the game, of course, cause he plays for a different team. 
But something something weird will happen. But anyway, uh, Barry yeah, Sanders will. Oh, that's right, Barry Sanders. Not playing. Right. Well, no, no. The, somehow the Lions will have Barry Sanders and, and Megatron on the field at the same time. Oh, we're still under contract, and then they they, they score like sixty three points. Yeah. So, uh, but Kevin, as always, you have the final two words. Go Hawks. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.